Hello and welcome to the SAP Experts podcast. My name is Jonathan Fogarty, and it is an absolute privilege to be hosting my first solo episode of this brilliant show. My guest today is James Veal, co-founder of the SAP-supported startup Green Token, whose mission is to embed sustainability and equally importantly, traceability into global supply chains. James is gonna take us through the journey of becoming a startup through to his mission to provide visibility into where raw materials came from and to help organizations produce products that are ethically sourced and sustainable. Welcome, James. Thank you, Jonathan. Lovely to have you here. I'm very excited for our chat today, and I've been looking forward to this. Before we dive in, and I want to hear all about this wonderful story, and and the audience are going to love it, can you tell us, please, a little bit about yourself and and give us a little bit of your background to set the stage, if that's okay? Yes, uh, no problems, Jonathan, and thank you for having me on your podcast uh, yes, so uh, as you can tell, uh, I'm British by birth. I've been in Australia 11 years. Uh, my uh, live in Adelaide with uh, my wife and three teenage children, uh, beautiful spot Adelaide. Uh, um, came to Australia uh, 11 years ago. Uh, my background is commodities, commodity trading. Uh, so came to Australia 11 years ago for a two-year contract to help uh, the Australian Wheat Board trade some grain overseas, uh, fell in love with the place and never went home. Wow, that is, and, that is yeah. a, a wonderful tale. Yeah, no, I would say, and, and, and we, you know, never went home and this, this of course, is now home. Uh, my, my children have wonderful South Australian uh, accents. Wow, well, that's not such a bad thing. I'm sure our listeners all around the world will have no trouble with your accent, my friend. Uh, before we get into the product itself, and we're really fascinated in this story uh, and the, the product capability of Green Token, I, I'm sure our listeners would love to understand the journey you and the team went through to get funding from SAP and how long you've been at it and, and, and tell us about the run-up and the process just to get to the start line of being a founder uh, of Green Token. Yeah, no, uh, no problem. So SAP, like all uh, high-tech companies, tech companies, has an in- innovation arm. And we've so far made over 200 investments in external startups. Uh, we like to get in early. We like to find uh, companies that are a good fit for what SAP does, SAP's uh, business of making the world run uh, better. So about three, four years ago, they decided to open that up to anybody. So anybody in the company uh, could get funding from this SAP IO uh, venture studio arm uh, and operate like uh, a startup. Uh, myself and my co-founder, uh, Nissan Jane, applied back in 2019. Uh, and out of 1,500 or so entries, we were one of the winners. Wow. Um, and we, we started our, our venture called Green Token by SAP uh, in April uh, 2020. Uh, 1st of April 2020, that always gets a, an amusing smile. You know, was it really an April Fool? Also the day that uh, Apple was founded and the day that SAP was founded, 1st of April, although uh, different years. Um, and we're now 20 people strong across five countries. Wow. So that, that's, that's a fantastic founder's tale. So you are a true startup separate but supported by SAP, if I understand that. So give us a sense, mate, 
how does that dynamic work in terms of product decisions, operating model, and, and just the way the team go about their work, if you, if you wouldn't mind? Yeah, so you're right. So we run ourselves like like a true startup company. So uh, Nissin is runs products, so he's head of the, the products, so he's, he owns a product uh, roadmap, he owns the decisions we make there in building out the products. Uh, I own the go-to-market, the sales and marketing, so I have the interface uh, with our customer base. In a, and of course, Nitin and I work closely together, even though he's in snowy Canada. We're opposite time zones and opposite seasons. He has 40 centimeters of snow at the moment, so I have 35 degrees weather. Uh, we have a head of engineering, so engineering is done out of Potsdam. Uh, uh, engineering, and then we have a few support staff dotted all over the world, sales and marketing. So, so yeah, we have uh, we operate like a true company. We have a product roadmap. We have uh, KPIs around selling to customers. Uh, most importantly, we have an advisory board made up of senior SAP execs, uh, and there are there are gatekeepers. So they set us our KPIs. They 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 judge how well we we're doing. They release further funding, <laughs> when we start spending the tranches uh, of money. Um, but the best thing is we're agile. We we have full decision on the products and our sales, uh, which means we can be really agile and get our product to market really really quickly. Well, that's that's um. That is a, a real startup business and, and all the challenges that, that come with it. I did a really clumsy job, and we want to hear about the product, and that's really why I guess our listeners have tuned in today. I did a clumsy job in the opening trying to explain what the green token product is intended to do, perhaps to, to give us a start and help us sort of unpack the product. Can you give me a sense of what the problem is, James, that you and the team are trying to solve? Yeah, yeah of course. So. As I said, both Nitin and I have a commodity background. It's gosh, 30 years plus for me. Um, and when you say something is a commodity, you mean it's fungible. You mean it's replaceable. When you trade commodities, they tend to trade on just two characteristics. That's quality and price. Think of when you go to fill up your car with fuel. You know, unless you're very loyal to a brand, you tend to drive around, I do at least, trying to find the right grade, unleaded, at the cheapest price. So... Um, and I don't really care anything about it. its journey. I don't care whether you know it, it's uh, good for the environment or whether it was made with child labour or its ultimate carbon footprint. Um, and look, we've traded commodities like that for years and years. If you look at manufactured goods, uh, goods that are produced in factories, there's really good traceability. You know, anything that's made will have a batch number or a barcode, and you can figure out where it was made, when it was made. Think of the foods uh, industry where you want to do recall if there's if there's a poor uh, uh, product. So really what we want to do with these raw materials is give that kind of, you know, interesting traceability, transparency to those raw materials that go into finished goods. Uh, and we know that our customers, SAP customers, now need to report on those these things. You, you can't be a big industrial manufacturer and be buying, you know, agri inputs that cause deforestation, or or inputs to your batteries that are mined by uh, children. Uh, but before Green Token, that that's the system to give you that evidence just wasn't there. And in terms of that, you've got a couple of really strong use cases in different industries that you've been working on. So give us a a sense of some of your really strong and focus points to to kind of play that value case out, if you wouldn't mind. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, uh, we, we've done really well with uh, no deforestation uh, uh, cash crops. So th- these are crops like palm oil, uh, soybean oil, uh, coffee, cocoa, uh, sugar. So th- these are these are vital raw ingredients uh, to uh, CPG uh, companies and the help to feed the world. Uh, palm oil itself goes into many products, not just food uh, products. And then you have to think about, you know, when I'm sourcing, we know that some of these uh, are farmed on areas of lands, especially in Southeast Asia, that have been recently deforested. Uh, and others are from mature plantations that are well managed with fair, with fair trade. Unfortunately, when you actually look at the crop for palm, it's something called FFB, fresh fruit bunches. You can't tell just by looking at it whether it was from a deforested area, whether it's from a, a well-maintained uh, uh, area. So by putting green token entirely across the network, we can track the good from the bad. Uh, another interesting use case um, that we're doing at the moment is around circularity. Uh, so only only 8% of the world's plastic gets recycled. The majority of it gets burnt or buried. And clearly that's not sustainable. Uh, but technology exists now called chemical recycling to pretty much recycle any plastic back to like a raw soup, a raw crude oil, which you can then make new plastic from. The challenge, of course, is uh, not only doing that process, but which people are, are working out, but the new plastic will look identical to uh, plastic that comes from a, a normal crude oil source. So again, we use Green Token to prove uh, that the new plastic has a high degree of recycled content. Uh, and the nice thing about that, that adds value, that adds real uh, value. If you're a consumer product company and you're putting that plastic into the environment through packaging, if you can prove your new packaging comes from uh, recycled uh, uh, plastic, that, that's a great use case that your customers love uh, and your board loves and it really affects your, your, uh, your bottom line. Wow. I mean, it's a stunning use case and it's a compelling story across all industries, not just obviously the ones, James, that you're, you're focusing on and you've touched on there. Uh, Surely a technology like blockchain is central to being able to deliver this sort of visibility. You know, we're talking about many, many different touch points and and reaching out beyond an enterprise's own sort of physical and technical walls and supply chain, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. And look, we um, we we do uh, employ blockchain in our solution. We actually did everything we could not to use blockchain uh, initially. And this was uh, two, three years back, you know, uh, blockchain as a technology is evolving quickly. Um, and there were some challenges um, around it. I, the reason we use blockchain, it, it, essentially it's a ledger. And all a ledger is a sequential list. You know, every single time uh, you you write a record in our time, every time we move some some goods, we just write it to the ledger that that's, that's happened. And over time, you build up what we call a chain of custody. You know, uh, I, I can see looking back, uh, you know, I, I get some uh, new plastic with a, a high percentage of recycled contents uh, within it. Then I can look back on my ledger at all the times uh, that that's been touched, the chemical recycling plant, the blow molder, all the way back to uh, the, the people who actually collected the waste uh, plastic. So, that, that gives us some a lovely proof point, which is really the whole aim of this. You know, we want to prove that these new products are good and better for the uh, environment. Uh, there's some nice things with blockchain. Uh, two other nice features. One, something we found: there's a lot of certifying systems say around sustainable agri crops. 
they tend to be paper-based. You can present the same bit of certificate twice. So you get something called double counting. You just can't do that with blockchain. The, the system just disallows that. Um, and it's it's distributed. So it means there's no one owner. So another thing we found in Palm is it would be quite easy to go in the back end as a super user and suddenly make all your non-sustainable uh, sustainable. It's almost impossible to do that with blockchain unless you had most of the network, you know, willing to uh, uh, take part in that. So, so yeah, it, it's, it's turned out to be a really good technology and it's evolving so quick. It's now fast, robust, cheap, which is, which it certainly wasn't uh, three, three years back. Yeah, I bet. Wow. Okay. I, in terms of you, you talked about product roadmap and that's very much in your wheelhouse. Uh, have you and your team looked at other applications where you might be able to apply this technology, other use cases that are maybe just over the horizon? Because the, the applicability seems to be not just for one industry and certainly not just for one use case. It's a really, you know, you've got a really broad kind of scope of opportunity there, surely. Yeah, and and we we constantly amaze ourselves at you know uh, solutions uh, or use cases that the solution can be uh, applied to. We we have. We have probably 15 uh, already mapped out uh, interesting things like um, uh, artisanal gold. So this is gold mined in Africa, uh, which tends to go to uh, jewellery. Uh, it's open to a, a lot of uh, human rights abuse. Uh, you know, uh, people want to buy gold that they know is benefiting, you know, workers in an African uh, village. So we can track that entire supply chain uh, end to end. We're all moving to electric vehicles. Um, the batteries, those vehicles have a lot of rare elements in them. Again, often mined using child labor or mined using uh, not particularly good social practices. So again, and you, you can't be an EV or high tech manufacturer and knowingly buy these raw materials uh, with some question marks uh, about them. So, so again, we can track those processes from, uh, from end to end. Uh, because we're across the entire supply chain, we're able to get a really good estimate on things like scope three carbon uh, emissions. We know all the touch points, the farm gate, the factory gate. We know the, the, where they are in terms of GPS uh, locations. So we can add interesting information um, across that. As I say, we, we you know, uh, lots of interesting things like uh, hydrogen is going to be a, a big uh, fuel source uh, in the next uh, decade or so. When you burn hydrogen, you get water. Uh, but that's, you know, but hydrogen's only low carbon footprint if you crack it from water using renewable power like uh, solar uh, or wind. So when you look at hydrogen, you just can't tell whether it came from coal gas and emitted CO2 when you made the hydrogen or whether you came from uh, a renewable power source. But with Green Token, we're proving those things out. So, yeah. We, as I say, Jonathan, we keep finding all these uh, wow. use cases. Like, yeah, this, this, this would work. So, yeah, so we're really uh, excited. Yeah, absolutely, and I know green hydrogen is is absolutely one of the absolutely you know massive industry shifts. Uh, I know the diamond industry has a lot of challenges about uh, proving you know the fidelity of their product and where it's come from with all of those concerns. So I can see green token, you know, being really central to a lot of those really important industries. Let's turn our attention then, James, um, to perhaps where you've, you've got a footprint or have you got a customer example of, of where some of these challenges are already being solved and, and, and an industry or a customer that's absolutely now kind of an early adopter and, and, and on the journey to this sort of output and this sort of reporting? 
Yeah, so we have many customers. One I can speak about because they are public on our website is Eastman Chemicals. So uh, Eastman are a mid-sized chemical company, part of the Eastman Kodak um, uh, Foundation, although uh, Kodak's now been uh, spun off. Uh, and I say they're really leading the world in terms of circular products. So uh, they've invested heavily in molecular recycling of plastic. Uh, they have a flagship product called Triton Renew, uh, which is a polyester, and it, can go, it goes into all sorts of products from uh, packaging, plastic drinks, uh, bottles, uh, to yarns that go to uh, synthetic clothes. Uh, they're also uh, certified, ISCC certified. ISCC is a certification uh, a body which uh, proves that uh, some claims you make on products in terms of recycled and carbon uh, footprint really is, is, is true. So uh, we've run multiple POCs with Eastman, um, in fact, they actually uh, uh, talked about Green Token in one of their uh, their public um, uh, earnings reports. You know, it was, it was wonderful to be on page two of their earnings <laughs> report and saying they're you know they're investing uh, heavily in Green Token. But but for them, it's absolutely strategic to shift a lot of their production so that a lot of the materials they produce uh, are have this huge degree of circularity. Uh, and it's a, a win-win. You know, they they get premiums for their products because you know customers want to uh, buy products with that circular story in it. Their customers can market that story uh, to to their customers who want to know that the products they're buying are better for the uh, environment. So I encourage you to go to our, our websites uh, and read more about what we've done with uh, with Eastman. I love it, and and you sort of just touched on it, James, and you sort of twigged in terms of what you're trying to do. So how do we explain to customers or potential CEOs or boards, you know, what the value is? You've just sort of touched on a few examples, but what is the value of Green Token to an organisation? Surely it's not just about being able to run up the we're a sustainable organisation flag. You know, I don't want to say that's a token, but it seems to be a bit trendy. There's got to be a deeper and, and a broader value set, you know, for being able to deliver on some of this capability. Yeah, so if you look at every Fortune 500 uh, company and their mission statements and what they're saying in their, their quarterly and annual reports, they all talk heavily about sustainability, about sustainable ESG uh, investments, uh, which is great. Uh, but we're kind of the missing piece there. It, it, it's easy to say, you know, we're going to be 100% sustainable uh, company. And and some switches are fairly easy. You know, it's fairly easy now to sign up to uh, power that's from 100% renewables. Um, it's fairly easy to make some, you know, immediate purchasing uh, decisions on your uh, consumables. What's harder, as I say, is this supply chain, this raw material supply chain where um, for the majority of these customers, they just don't know. You know, you're buying goods wholesale on a global commodity market. You, you're buying based on price and quality and where it's it's uh, it's shipped to. Uh, so the, the value prop for these these companies is twofold. Firstly, to give them that transparency. Often we find that companies get caught out when somebody like uh, you know a non-government organisation like Greenpeace finds evidence ahead of the, the company that maybe their agri-sourcing is causing uh, deforestation. So, so and, and that can have a massive effect on share price. So these companies are trying to uh, avoid that, but also it's being proactive. It's actually understanding your supply chains, 
Uh, we're always a bit delighted when we do uncover problems in the supply chains because we've identified it. And once you've measured it, you can actually do something to go ahead and change it. You know, no, no longer can you just go around saying, well, uh, I didn't know. So, so yeah, it, it's a really compelling value prop. Um, as you say, these Fortune 500 uh, companies are, are staking their reputation and their future uh, share price and proving that they're more sustainable and more ESG uh, compliant. Uh, a green token so far is something that helps them do that with their raw material uh, supply chains. Yeah, fantastic. Great answer. Thank you, my friend. So it does sound like, if I want to sort of sum up from what I've heard, you know, that the becoming a supported startup via SAP.io seems to have been a rewarding one to get you to this point. Uh, if people listening are interested in pursuing their own startup journey, you've inspired them to, you know, the, the inner founder is uh, is is desperate to bust out. Um, what's the best way to do it? How would you recommend they go go along that journey? Well, if you're, if you're an SAP uh, employee, uh, please apply to the SAP IO Stroke 1BL program. The deadline is the end of May. I remember being up in 2019 up to uh, gone midnight. The nice thing being in Australia, well, my, my end of day is is still morning in, in Europe. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and if, if you need any help applying, there's, there's a huge amount of resources uh, internally but I think more than that, you have to be in the right frame of mind to do it. I mean, there's, there's there's two things I think you would need in abundance. One is a real passion for your subjects. You know, I, I live and eat this 24 hours a day for the last three years. So, you know, if you have any doubt that what you're doing, you know, isn't right, then, then go, go back and have a think about your, your business proposal uh, because you, you have, you know, I hope I made it sound easy. It's not. You have to, it's an uphill struggle. Uh, there's real competition uh, to be uh, chosen. That brings me on to the second thing you need in abundance is resilience. Everybody would tell you all the reasons why your idea can't work, uh, which is good, you know, and you, you get good at filtering. You, you get good at dismissing the ones which are just uh, uninformed. Uh, you get good at replying at the ones uh, that has some truth in them, but you know a way uh, around it. But within that, there are some kernels that you really have to look at and you have to respond and pivot. Uh, but absolutely be resilient. The easiest thing to do is to hit a roadblock uh, and just stop. Uh, at Green Token, we have we have a great uh, motto. What you do when you hit a roadblock, you go around it. Uh, and we've been doing that successfully for the last uh, two, three years, and we continue uh, to do that. But uh, resilience, uh, passion for your subjects, uh, these are the things you need. Wow, that's brilliant. That is absolutely brilliant. So, mate, if people want to know more information about Green Token, how can they find out more all about your wonderful organisation? Yeah, sure. Uh, so if you're internal to SAP, we have a jam site with a lot of information on if you're external, we have our website, uh, which is www.green-token.io. Uh, there's a contact form on there, so you can you can uh, reach me directly uh, on that. Uh, or indeed, if you're internal, you know, just Google my name, uh, James Veal, on our our uh, internal <laughs> systems, and uh, I'll happily respond to any questions that you may have. Well, this has been. An absolute wonderful story, a compelling story, a, a, a startup through SAP.io really facing head-on 
and taking head on uh, a massive problem and a massive opportunity as well. Uh, sadly, that is all we have time for on this episode of the SAP Experts podcast. James, a big thank you for being so generous with your time and obviously best of luck taking the product to the next stage, my friend. Thank you very much, Jonathan. It's always uh, it's always good to be interviewed by an, an Alex ex-Olympian uh, commentator, a real professional. So thank you for that, John. You're a very kind man. I hope you enjoyed that, folks. For now, that's the end of this episode. Hope you've enjoyed the SAP Experts podcast. Until next time, we'll see you again. Thank you so much. <laughs>